Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm going to talk about something that is, reveals a little bit more personal um, issue with me. Today I went out and it was a rainy day, but a Florida rainy day, which means you had torrential downpours and then it stopped and then a downpour again, all while being like 80 degrees. And I guess I I did wake up earlier in the morning and I ate something that I had for um, dinner. It was just, um, I had some beef crumbles, but it was tofu beef with some greens and um, onions. And I just put that on a roll. And then I, I did, I did treat myself to, I had some, um, not going to call a name, but some vegan um, um, ice cream pops, just to kind of with the, uh, it was, what was it, coconut or cashew milk, and then a chocolate coating. And I'm not big on chocolate, but I had it. It was not a good combination. So probably an hour or two into being out, I did not feel all that great. Probably because you shouldn't be mixing those things, but I was having a moment, and I did. And as I drove home in the rain, I just began to feel just worse, almost feeling like, you know, I'm probably going to lose this breakfast, but luckily it stayed down, and I know that's TMI. But as I walked through the door, it hit me. When my mom was alive, and she was up and able. She wasn't an invalid yet. If I came home sick, you know, she would scramble up, even as a, even though I am an adult. And I would go in my room and just lay down and just feel awful. But she would still try to scramble and say, are you okay? Can I get you anything? And I would say, Mom, you know, go lay back down. I know that you're not well, but that's a mother for you. As long as she had breath and was able to, she was going to be there to take care of me when really I needed to be taking care of her. That added to the stress of taking care of her. Really, um, at one point I was just dogged out tired. And today when I came home and I realized that there's no one here, if I was to, if mine little bout with not feeling well was to escalate into something major and I wasn't able to pick up a cell phone and call for help, I'd lay here and die. No one would know. I don't have anyone to comfort me or rub my back or any of that because I'm here alone. And it kind of made me feel some kind of way. It kind of set me off to the track of thinking that I remember as a kid growing up and even when I got my first apartment and you would hear these stories maybe on the news or from friends of someone who was a shut-in or just someone older and you know older when you're young they could have been 40 or 50 or so who had died, and they died alone. They didn't have anyone. And they may have had relatives somewhere else, but the relatives weren't around, and they didn't find these people until, you know, 
hate to say it, but until you start smelling something and people wonder what has happened because we don't live in the kind of neighborhoods that existed when I grew up, whereas you knew all your neighbors. You might not have run in and out your house, but you knew Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so down the street and uh, ABCs across the street. You knew them by name. You knew kind of like their parents, like you you would say, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while, and they're usually out for for work at a certain time or in their garden. And you would just go knock on their door and say, are you all right? And it was understood you weren't getting trying to get in their business. You were just making sure they were okay. But in our modern world of people not really living the same places they grew up anymore, not getting to know your neighbors, being to yourself, and rightly so in some cases because you got to be careful. We don't live in a world like it used to be where it was okay to be friendly with your neighbor. Neighbor could be axe murder. Who knows? But in this environment, who checks on those people who don't really have anyone? And, yes, I'm saying that all my family does not live in the same state with me. I'm actually the only one here, and I used to have relatives that lived here in different parts of the state, but they moved. And I call them sometimes. They call me sometimes. But if I'm sick or dying or something, you know, I won't be able to call them, and no one will know who they are. So I just came to the realization that I am now one of those people who really don't have anyone, and I don't have much of anything of value anyway, but still I guess I need to make out a will and make some arrangements for my body to be cremated because that's what happens anyway. Who needs a funeral? And no one will be there. Um, So I'm going to have to get some legal things in order. And I guess when I was, I would guess um, when I was, I guess around the time I did have my first apartment in my early 20s, or was it 19, late teens, early 20s, there was a thing, this is before cell phones, if you can imagine a world. And if I was to go out and walk the dog or go out for a walk or go to the park, wherever I was going, I would always take a piece of paper and put a put a magnet to it, put, put a piece of paper under a magnet on the refrigerator saying it's whatever time it is, it's like, let's say, 8 o'clock in the morning. I am going to the store. I may go for a walk and then sign the date. That way, if something happened to me and I'm missing and they come in, if my mother, you know, called and she couldn't get a hold of me and she called the rental office or something to do a wellness check or whatever would happen. The police need to come in. They could look, go straight to the refrigerator because, you know, they look through your house and they'll see a note. Sometimes I wouldn't leave it on the refrigerator. Sometimes I would leave it on the kitchen table, but always leave it where someone can find it. So they have some idea that, okay, she said she went out at X amount of time on this date and 
Excuse me. Now she's missing. So that that was a thing back before the cell phones and the internet. I guess now you get online and post the picture and say I'm at X Y Z or living my best life or whatever it is, so that they can someone can have a timeline and be able to piece together at least a little piece of it. And you know, if if, if I'm supposed to be at the grocery store, there may be only one or two ways to get there. So they say, well, it might have taken her X amount of time to get there, and this is the route she would have to take. There's traffic cameras about, I would say about, oh, two years ago, two or three years ago, my local municipality started putting up cameras at major intersections. And it really spread. A lot of people did not notice it, but I did. As they they were taking out the wood telephone poles or the electric lines with the logs, and they were putting in a more, I think they were concrete or whatever, whatever it is, they aren't wood anymore. And as they did that, they were installing cameras. And there was a thing called red light cameras. And it's been a big fight in the legislature. So some cities here have it and some don't because they were catching the wrong people. It was all kinds of flaws in it. But as I looked at some of these intersections and realized that these are cameras, so somewhere in the traffic division or in the police headquarters, or they have set up just screens full of intersections so that if they're looking for some, say someone robbed a store or something, they know the route they take. They can catch cameras and catch cars on cameras. It would take an awful lot to not get caught on on some of these cameras because it went from being major intersections to nearly every intersection. Now, some roads don't have them. They're more residential. But the point being is the town, the county really, is covered so much that you can't go anywhere and not be caught by them. It may be a block or two or intersection or street or something, but you had to have passed through a camera to get to those sections that are not closed. And I say this because if they can pinpoint a time where you were at somewhere, if something has happened to you, you may be likely to be found, although if I'm missing, I'm probably dead. Someone has done something to me, unless I'm older and I have dementia, and then I'm probably caught in some bushes or twigs somewhere, and that has happened to a lot of older people. They do know have, uh, they're called, they don't call them medic bracelets. Um, they're GPS bracelets, and they look like a watch where, I think you they're free, too. You only pay for the battery, and the battery only needs to be charged, like, once a year. And I think the battery is, like, 80 or some dollars. It's not too much, but 
in the event of someone wandering off, it definitely will could be a lifesaver. And so getting back to my main point of coming home and realizing that there's no one left to love me, fix me some soup, put a warm cover over me, maybe rub my back, say, you know, are you okay? And come in later and check on me. Because, I mean, I I think all the times that I came home sick, just sick as a dog, nothing really in particular hurt and just all out drained, whether it be coming home from work or just not feeling well and falling asleep, just tired and drained and waking up to hear my mother's voice say, you know, I'm just checking on you. Are you okay? And I would lie and say, yeah, I'm okay. Because you don't never want your mother to worry. Now I've got nothing. I came home sick. I laid in bed. I got undressed, laid in bed. And um, something I usually don't do, got to take that shower first. But I just came home so sick. I was like, man, let me just lay down. And I laid here and thought about it. And I'm like, man. I'm so in trouble. I'm so one of those people. But um, I guess that's life. This is my new reality. And I'm thinking, what can I do to alleviate that? And basically, it's basically nothing. Um, I guess I'm not, I don't have to leave any notes anymore, but I'm thinking maybe I might have to go back to leaving notes. Maybe I might have to um, on my nightstand say I came home sick. I didn't feel well. I've laid down. If I don't get up and I'm dead, then when they come in and find me, they may find a note and say, well, when they do the autopsy, maybe something's wrong with Because, <laughs> you know, you could die. They always say natural causes, but it's some cause. They just don't want to say. Um Something to give them a clue to look for something. Put it that way. But anyway, I just thought about that. and I'm starting to see things for Mother's Day. Like I said, my mom having died 10 days before her birthday. I thought it her birthday, I had looked forward to just celebrating her birthday and being happy. And then it didn't happen. She didn't make it. And when her birthday came, I was just so overwhelmed and struggling to um, make some sense of it, that I didn't celebrate it in any kind of way. I didn't even mourn. I just, at that point, was just making it through the days. So mom's birthday came and went. Easter came and went. And I usually fix lamb and all the trimmings and I think, I don't even know what I had for Easter dinner. I'm not really sure. It was just another day. Um, now Mother's Day will come. Strangely enough, I'm not feeling sad or lonely, but it'll be my first for the whole year until the anniversary of her death. It'll be my first events without her, whether it be Mother's Day or uh, Memorial Day, 4th of July, all the days when you generally go out and meet with family or have something 
of enjoyment, some kind of gathering, or even quiet time amongst us. And I don't feel sad about it. I don't even feel strange about it. But it is quite different in a sense of um, I look forward to, you know, you during the course of the year, you look forward to hallmarks. Like, okay, it's Memorial Day, summer starting. That means um, we're getting ready for hurricane season. We're getting ready to look about going somewhere and the various events that happened during the summer. Then, you know, next thing you know, it's 4th of July and the cookouts, the parades, so many things. Um, when I was younger, it meant, you know, the swim, swimming, going to the beach. Um, I never really went to camps, but just enjoying the summer with friends and family. As I've gotten older, it just... You know, I was I just the day that I was glad to be off, or if I worked to get off early, or maybe to catch something down in um downtown an event. But um, I don't know what it's gonna be like now without mom. I mean, it'll come. I'm not the first person to lose a parent, but um, individually. Like everything else, I just don't know what the time will bring. But I do know this. From here on out, when I'm sick, I'm, I usually stock up on everything. I'm going to stock up, and I'm going to um, maybe prepare myself some soups and different things so that if I'm not able to cook for myself and I'm feeling really down and tired that I can at least heat something up because it's nothing worse than being tired or hungry and not feeling like or not having the strength to take care of yourself in a way of being able to feed yourself. If you could barely just get up, make it to the bathroom, uh, I, I can't rest in a dirty house. If I'm sick, I'm just going to have to vacuum the floor and die mop the floor and die, clean the bathroom or whatever, but I can't rest unless I have clean sheets, clean bed, and just cleanliness about me. So I, uh, I can scramble around here some way, but to make it easier on myself, I have decided that maybe I'll just keep things prepped because I always keep something in the freezer anyway. I'm always stocked up on food, have a good pantry, but um, now my routine is going to have to include a better plan for self-care. You can't plan for being not feeling well. I can eat well. I'm doing that. I, um, I haven't been eating too clean, but I've been eating plant-based. And so I'm going to start eating cleaner and eliminating. I've had some desserts, so I'm going to – and I think that's another reason why I was sick. I have not been having sugar. I've just been eating straight meals. And having that popsicle probably sent a shockwave through my system. Like, how dare you 
poisoned me with the sugar. It's way too sweet, and I've never been a chocolate fan. But as I've gotten older, I've been able to tolerate it a little more. And my system probably said, oh, no, we'll fix you. You won't want to put this back in in, in your system again. So anyway, I was just thinking of ways to better care for myself. So maybe that will be another show. I'll go over a routine of what I've done Um we're all familiar with meal preps and stocking up on emergency things because this is Florida in a hurricane. You never know what will happen if the roof caves in or something. To just have an emergency pack if you're hurt, scraped. I usually keep um, – I do have a first aid kit. I've got lots of first aid kits, and I try to keep uh, various things. You never know when you need a needle and thread, and I do not sew, trust me. But just in case, needles and threads and pencils and uh, antibi- antibiotics, what's it called, um, the neosporin stuff, um, and Band-Aids. And I will admit in the years past, I've kind of gone cheap because Band-Aids are high. And the ones they give you for free at the health fairs, which really don't stick, and then the ones you get, uh, I don't know how many to pack from the dollar store. They somewhat stick, but not real sticky. I guess you get what you pay for. So I've had to um, just suck it up and buy some real ones that I know will stick. But anyway, to keep so I keep 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 a good supply of food for non-perishable food at that, so that if the lights go out, because Irma was a mother. We lost power for almost two weeks. Everything in the freezer had to go. And um, tried to eat as much as we could, but it's only so much vegetables and things I could down. Uh, so non-perishable items, which we had, uh, got pastas. and I do have some cream of wheat and things that my, left over from my mom that I don't really care for. Not cream of wheat, oatmeal. But... Uh, I don't do canned things because of the sodium. It's just too much. So I'm definitely going to, I'm not going to do too much soup because of hurricane season. But have things on hand. I have my butane burners, my my stove and propane and different things so that I can cook out in the yard and out back if need be. But I want to... um, Years ago, and I don't see this too much now in the fast-paced world of people just ordering out or buying a TV dinner, but they used to have, like, you used to put things in jars. It would be like a cake. You know, you put layers in there or different beans and herbs, and you layer them up, and you make them all fancy, and you made them a gift, and It would be a soup or maybe a cake or a salad or something, all the ingredients that you could just dump out and make, and it was really convenient. And I'm thinking of maybe I'll do that. I've got some empty mason jars. My my mom was a big hoarder of jars, and especially um, if I would buy her uh, spaghetti sauce, and there's a couple spaghetti sauces that come in like mason jars that actually have measuring measurements on the side and um 
she would save them and she would store her beans and pasta and things in there because we do live in Florida. You can't really keep that stuff in your pantry because of ants. These ants are terrorists here. So she would put them in the glass jars, which really, <coughs> excuse me, made a lot of sense. So I'm thinking maybe I'll mix up my herbs and spices and layer in beans and spices and maybe um some pasta so that all I would have to do if I came home and did not feel well is to pour them in a pan and add water and I'll be good to go. It can sit on the stove for a little while and boil up and everything is good to go. And or I could just and I like I don't like canned beans. I do use them on occasion. Everyone sometimes you're a little rushed and you need to take a shortcut. But I do like I like just a bag of beans. And you can cook beans from that state instead of letting them soak. It does take a little longer. So I don't know if maybe I might um, cook a pot of beans and cook them almost to done and then freeze them in smaller portions and add them to the soup so they can finish cooking with the soup. That's always a good idea or um, another option. So I'll have to think about how I want to do that. But certainly I'm going to make things easier for myself. And I I think that um, keeping a couple protein mixes and I'm going to go back to having some protein mixes because I do I'm not a big pill popper I do not like you see people who are plant-based and they pop in more pills and vitamins and protein shakes and all and I'm like you know what the reason I'm plant-based is I want to get my vitamins from my food now if you can't get your vitamins from your food and everything is hybrid then you might as well just stop it all together. I can't pop pills. Now, I do because of um, the seriousness of not getting certain vitamins. I do take a B12 vitamin. And I'll be honest, I don't take it all the time. I've had a bottle forever. I am trying to be better with taking it. I may take it like uh at least once a month, probably should be taking it more, but I don't think about it too much. I also have the multi-vitamins, uh, daily vitamins that I don't take every day either. Usually when I remember to take the B12, I'll take the multivitamin as well. But that's about it, and I don't even want to take them every day. There's no need to take them every day. I think I pretty much get a good source of A and B and C, um, I do a lot of uh, walnuts. I do walnuts because I can get a little bit of omega in there. And so I try to find foods that I need to get certain vitamins from. And I look around and see what foods that I do like. Because I used to say I'm not a big vegetable person, but there's not too many vegetables I don't. I won't touch a beet, that's for sure. There are certain veggie patties that use beets because people want something red like meat. I don't know, but I can pretty much pick up on the taste of a beet, even if it's minute. I think 
there was um what a story that all these had um they had some hash browns once and they were vegan under their vegan brand I believe and I picked up two and they had two different ones but I didn't realize one was like beets I thought it was like sweet potatoes but it had sweet potatoes and beets in it and not that it was bad but the fact that it had beets in it made it ah so um definitely I I, I got to stick to reading labels, but there, like I said, certain things I don't do. Rhubarb, no, rhubarb is kind of tart, just not me. And now that I don't do a lot of sugar, you would have to just sweeten it up too much for me to even enjoy. So natural sweeteners, and I, I'll be the first to tell you that I'm not radical I, when I found out people didn't consider um, honey vegan, and I went on that, well, okay, I won't have that. Then I, I, I studied up on bees and realized that they abandoned hives in the wild with the honey in it. So, and these honeys that um, the farm beekeepers are raising, they're not, these bees are not starving. They're feeding their bees. They're taking good care of their livelihood. And um, the bees just change hives. They the, the queen leaves and starts a new colony, and bam, it's gone. So why not use it? So I've never been a big honey fan, but there are certain wildflowers that if the honeys are feeding off of the honeys, the bees are feeding off of, that makes honey delicious. Uh, I've had raw honey not too many times. I could have it more, but not being a big honey fan, I just won't buy it and pay that much. And I usually try to get mine from local beekeepers. I don't want something that's in the store because I think there was a documentary. Not I think I I did see a documentary on um, Netflix. I think it was called Rotten. And it was a series of all kinds of things. And one of the one of the episodes was on honey, and I had not realized that it was a big industry, just like the olive oil industry. And then, per usual, the Americans are the biggest um, receivers of fake things, like fake uh, honey that's been diluted and with God knows what. So I stick to having honey from local beekeepers, at their place. That's the best way I can describe describe it. And here in Florida, we get a lot of orange blossom honey bees, but a lot of those uh, now, a lot of the colonies are not up in the orange groves because most of them are subdivisions now. So they're mostly doing wildflowers or different things. But some lovely taste, just the same. Anyway, those of you, and honey is a good, good, it's it's known for its healing qualities. You you got a sore throat, you want a little bit of honey tea, and you put a little bit of um, lemon and honey. And um, I actually use a root, a dandelion root, because it really works. It's really nice. And you can use some peppermint. Different things of that nature. There's so many recipes herbally we need to get back to. 
But taking care of number one is my top priority now. Now that I am solely responsible for me and I am the only one who will be taking care of me, I've got to stay on top of that game. So until next time, I just want to sign out, but please, people, make sure you take good care of yourself. If you've got friends and family, take care of yourself. Make sure you're taking care of each other. And remember that if you are alone and there isn't anyone to check in on you, Please, please, please make an effort to um, have notes or have things taken care of so that someone knows something because it's a shame and unnecessary to be sick and possibly die alone. I don't see my family that often, but they will call me. And um, I'm, I'm working on improving that, but still, you've got to. My mother used to always say, old saying, you know, you can't live on an island, you can't live amongst yourself. You can, but it's not really a good idea in this world. You don't have to be in anyone's business, but someone needs to know that you're okay. You need to have at least one accountability partner where you get up in the morning and they can call you or you call them or maybe you post on your um, social media or whatever it is to let people know that you got up this morning or you didn't feel well last night or you're not making it today, but you're okay this afternoon. Take care, my friends, and know that no matter what you're going through or how you're going through it, you'll, that the, the main thing is that you'll make it and that this life was already planned out for us and that someone loves you. You don't have to be spiritual or or, or do any type of religion to understand that you are part of the universe, and as part of the universe, we're all connected. Be the part that's positive, be the part that's full of life, and be the part that recipiates the love that you're trying to give out. Have a good one, my friends. Take care. And as always, be true to yourself.